And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, we're back again on a podcast that everyone is very lucky to get this week because we were this close to just playing more Spider-Man, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Literally twice today, I woke up bright and early, went for breakfast, and at least two times today, someone had to remind me that I had this show tonight. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I guess I do. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. You, you can tell I was getting ready to play Spider-Man for multiple days in a row because I banked a Miss Marvel video and put that up this week instead of anything new because I'm like, nope, Spider-Man day today. I recorded a bunch of reviews. I just haven't edited them yet. There you go. Obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about the game, but we're going to try and be really respectful and not give too much away because we know the game is literally only a day and some change old in our area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matt and I compared notes before we started. He's definitely much further than me because I keep getting sidetracked by all of the side content. And man, can I just say the side content in this? Much better than the side content in the first one. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, they got rid of all the stupid towers, which I appreciate because they didn't make you do the towers in the Miles one either. Because it's like, they know what the fucking city is by this point. Yeah, yeah. They live there. They know what it is. It's cool. The Sandman Crystals is a great way to get more story and to also tie in to the big bombastic opening. I was thinking to myself, man, how are they going to top you literally assaulting Kingpin's fortress building in the first five minutes of the first game? And uh, they did it. I know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's pretty good, isn't it? Like, just, ah, Sandman's here. I, I do find it funny they don't make reference to the fact that I think it was in the first one or the second one where it, it's revealed that Pete kept him in like a a, a vial, uh, ah. like like a like a science vial. Although I always took that as that's like part of him, not the full right. Sandman. Yeah, quite possibly. But uh, yeah, that's that's a really strong opening. I knew obviously we were gonna have two Spider Men's, and I'm like, well, how are they gonna handle this? Because obviously some content is Miles exclusive, some stuff is Peter exclusive. But boy. Do they do an excellent job making the whole thing seem incredibly seamless, but also really making Miles and Peter feel like a team to a level where they have probably never been in the comics? Yeah, they're, they're great, aren't they? And uh, it, they make it even better where, like, you'll just be, like, going about a mission and then, like, one of the other Spider-Men will just, like, turn we'll just up to swing help it. and help. There is so much beautiful randomness. That happened to me. Did you have another thing where you were fighting a completely unrelated street crime and then Craven's hunters rolled up and tried mm-hmm. to kill you both? Yeah, yeah, they they lay traps. It's fucking wild. Gr- great design on Craven and his hunters, I gotta say. They are a really interesting villainous force here because you fought mafiosos and mercenaries and everything else in the first game. Here you're fighting like a real mercenary combat force who have like so many different types of weapons. They've got swords and shields and poison and explosives and, and the fucking snipers are still the worst. And and uh, the, the, the people are all uh, diverse from around the yes. world like i fought like an irish guy and then like a russian woman and, yes, and all I, that sort of stuff i love that and i love spider-man flexes his you know mystery solving muscles cluing into something i clued into where it's like huh all these guys have accents from all over the world this is quite you know a french foreign legion mm. that craven has put together here and i'm like oh wow that's a really interesting twist for a group of bad guys and also <laughs> does it doesn't make it look like we're just beating up on one group of stereotypes which video <laughs> games often fall into we're the irish gang we're so irish you know we're yeah. the african-american gang yeah yeah spider-man is racist 
to everyone in, in yes. equally. <laughs> he he punches everybody equally, men and women, <laughs> which, which which is apparently a hard thing for a game too to try and get uh what is it co-ed with its enemies. Yeah, yeah, it, it I never really does, does it? It's usually always just no. guys. Saints Row is one of the only series I can really think of. Usually it's a mm -hmm. game series where you can pick your own gender. Cyberpunk, obviously, too. It's like, oh, there's a 50-50 chance, you know, you might be a man or a woman in this game. So, you know, the enemies have to reflect that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy. Uh, really interesting take on Harry. Again, I'm not as far into it as Matt, but obviously, you know, he was a kind of a major mystery focus in the first game and you know how they roll him out here and his relationship to peter mm -hmm. and how it also impacts his relationship with miles is just really goddamn good storytelling oh yeah it, it's really great what was really surprising to me is the the bits of dialogue he and interaction he gets with miles which he never really mm. got in the comics no, not only just that, but, like, there's a whole thing there where, like, uh, MJ, again, she's basically, you know, your woman in the chair. She's the one giving you information. There's so many conversations that MJ has with Miles in mm. this where I'm like, I don't think you two have ever talked in the main universe. No. Yeah, it, it's it's done so much better than the comics where it, it actually makes Miles part of, like, the Spider-Man family. Yeah. Which, which is something I know writers have always fought with, where it's like, look, you know, should Miles be a Spider-Man who can stand on his own as his own independent person? I mean, in movies, he sure seems like he can be. But in the comics, it feels like they've almost been afraid of that because they're like, well, you know, he stood on his own in the Ultimate Universe as the only Spider-Man. He should be able to stand on his own in the comics, too, if we're going to keep writing stories about him. But yeah, the, the games really embrace the idea of Miles as, you know, the mentee, as the successor, mm -hmm. as all these other things and it's just it's just crazy and also the stuff they build on from the miles dlc his you know relationship with Haley, the deaf girl uh his big thing in the first couple hours is he's trying to write his college letter and everything but spider-man keeps getting in the way yeah yeah it's it's great stuff isn't it it's great stuff because you get to have both flavors of Spider-Man. You get to have the struggling, awkward high school Spider-Man, and you also get the adult Spider-Man who is trying to put his life together and everything, which is hard. Very hard, yes. Because, <laughs> again, it's that beautiful thing. Like, every time Peter does the right thing, he tries to help the most people in need, and shit keeps fucking up for him every time. It's great. It's that Parker luck. It really, really is. It's one of the best, you know, interpretations of Parker Luck that I've seen. Also, in, in the small amount of time I've spent with the game, too, there seems to be this building theme of recidivism, because obviously this is an older Peter, tenure in his, into his career. A lot of the villains he fought in the first couple of years are getting out of jail now and trying to put their lives right. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, reformed villains in the game, or villains who don't want to be villains and are being made to be villains. Yeah, there's like a, like, Craven's influence keeps fucking with them because he wants to hunt them and everything. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really interesting because not only has Peter gotten the chance to grow and mature and move on and everything, as have his villains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, the stuff they do with Tombstone is really awesome because obviously, you know, he was a side mission in the first game and everything, but they build on him so well here because he was such an interesting guy who, like, respected Spider-Man and Spider-Man respected him and said, you know, I don't always want to see you as a villain. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so nice to see a Peter who is, you know, a force for reform in the life yeah. of his bad guys, too. It's great, isn't it? 
Yeah, the game looks fucking beautiful, too. The swinging is somehow even more fun than the first one. The introduction of the web wings is a total goddamn game changer. The web wings is, is it's such a good, good uh, like, idea for, like, fast traversal. Because there's mm-hmm. still fast travel in the game, but, like, you get the web wings. Why and would then, you want to use it? And then you get in one of those slipstreams, and it's just poor. You can upgrade it so you can actually glide farther. I have a strong feeling the reason they put the the web glide feature in there is because obviously they added the two missing burrows of uh, Queens and Brooklyn, ironically, mm-hmm. the two burrows that Peter and Miles are from, respectively. And they realized, oh, fuck, we got a lot of open water here from the bridge and everything. How are we going to make this, you know, like fun to traverse where you're not just going to have to stick to the bridge every time? Web wings and boats. <laughs> web wings, boats, yeah. Web wings, boats, to where like I almost try and challenge myself when I gotta get across the water again. Where I'm like, all right, let's see if I can do this without touching the water. <laughs> oh man, oh man, if I fall in the water, I bet I'm just gonna plunk right in. No, Spider Man yeah, skips like a stone across. Skis, yes. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Why don't we have more stories about Spider Man having to do shit on the water? <laughs> Great use of flashbacks, too, which means we actually get Aunt May in the game, even though Aunt May died in the first mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. The suit collection, again, another really stellar collection of suits, both ones from the comics, some stuff just solely invented for the game, more on Miles' side because Miles doesn't have near as many costumes because no. he hasn't been around for like 60-plus years like Spider-Man. Do, did you think it's weird, though, how some of the suits that are clearly from movies and comics and even ones that are from the other games get new names in this that kind of bugged me a little bit i haven't really noticed i've noticed there's a couple suits like they have the iron spider suit from the movies Mm -hmm. but they don't call it that they call it something different okay and they have like the inside out uh suit uh what is it from the last spider-man movie but again they call it something different and i'm like hey why don't you just call it what it is and say where it's from i feel like in the first game they did that where they told you what comic they were from here they're making up more stuff which is Mm. fine again i think the new suits they make up are really creative again especially on miles's side where he doesn't have as many to choose from yeah his his like new suits are like really fucking cool they're really cool. He's got like a Tokusetsai one. He's got his own Arachnite one. And they yeah. really reflect in the cutscenes too, which blows me away. Mm. It's like, wow, they're really wearing that suit in the cutscenes. And the suits get banged up depending on how yes. much health you have. Yeah, they get all ripped and everything. Again, it's like that Arkham, uh, Arkham City, Arkham Asylum tech, but to the next level. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's really friggin' cool, and I know I haven't even unlocked half of the suits yet. I would say, by and large, it's easier to upgrade in this one, because I keep stumbling on side missions, so I always feel like I'm leveled up. And you gotta be leveled up, too, because, man, some of the fights in this get pretty goddamn epic. Oh, fight. yeah, some of the fights you're gonna have a little later on with, like, certain characters are gonna rock you, because, like, they are really hard. You got snipers, you got guys laying traps, you got guys jumping in the tree line, you got frickin' robot dogs that send out pulses that make it so you can't use gadgets and venom power. (laughs) Which is fucking crazy, but also is what makes the game particularly challenging, because if not, it would be quite monotonous. You really gotta be thinking and you really gotta be planning your approach. Yeah, wait till you fight, a new enemy type shows up a little later on in the game, uh, and it's very difficult to fight. Because, yeah, even by the end of, like, you know, those DLCs with Peter, when they were bringing out all those Maja guys who were just freaking, you know, pains in the ass to take Mm -hmm. down and everything because they were all armored. Yeah. 
Remember the Gatling gun guys? Those fucking Gatling guns. Oh god, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. The snipe, even just then, I think the basic snipers rock my shit more than anything, because I'm not paying attention because they'll shoot me off screen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where they have goddamn perfect aim. You also keep a lot of your skills from the first game. You don't have to unlock. You still unlock a lot of them, but some stuff is just there from the beginning. Like, if you do a perfect dodge, you can do a web hit against someone, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, they kept, like, all of the base. uh... Yes, as they should the base like skills yeah which for a game like this should always be the thing when you move into the sequel you should get to mm-hmm. keep those abilities yeah uh, speaking of abilities too they really did something interesting with the gadgetry in this obviously in the first one it was kind of annoying when you were peter because you'd have to like hold down l1 and get up your menu and you could only have one hot keyed at a time here though it's great because it's just you hold l and then a directional button and then you can have your venom power your gadget and peter has more gadgets now than ever he's kept the freaking octopus arms for himself yeah and you can like like hot swap some of the abilities between so like like when you get the venom so you can get the venom like gadget Mm. powers as well as like the, the the arm powers as well and sort of mix and match them it's it's so deep because Spider-Man has his own tree, Venom has his own tree, Miles has a tree, and then they all have a shared tree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's friggin' crazy, the amount of, like, stuff they've put in here and everything. And, of course, because, you know, I have horrible OCD, I'm like, gotta unlock them all, gotta unlock all the abilities, need more more points, need more parts. Ooh, how fun is the picture-taking? Picture-taking was my favorite side activity in the first one, and it's my favorite here, too, because Peter and Miles are sending their pictures to Robbie, which means you actually get to hear from Robbie in the game. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and, like, the pictures are a lot of... Like, the, the first game, at least, I can't remember what they were... Uh, Miles didn't have them in his game, did he? No, he did He had, like, the audio no, files from Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first one, they were all just... uh destinations like like landmarks and stuff where here it's like no we're we're gonna take pictures of the city of the people in the city and everything guys throwing a a captain america frisbee and yeah all that sort of stuff yeah oh man i'm glad you mentioned the frisbee again we'll try not to give too much away but let's just say if you loved the Easter eggs in the first one, there weren't ultimately that many to the greater Marvel universe. Like, yeah, you could find the Sanctum Sanctorum, you could find the Avengers building, but there wasn't really much connection. For all you knew, Spider-Man was the only hero in the city. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, do they change that here in the sequel and a hard, like in the first 20 minutes, you get like two different references to the Rand Corporation. Mm-hmm. There's in, uh, references to like Trask later on i mm-hmm. miles mentions that peter knows a couple of lawyers that could help get him mm. out of something yeah uh, how about that just just so much stuff so many references where i'm like oh yeah this the first one was a proof of concept this is totally uh friggin insomniac being like we are building a marvel universe off the back of this and this mm. is how we do it i i assume that wolverine game is going to be in continuity with this as well I they I don't know if they've one hundred percent confirmed that, but after playing this, I don't know how it couldn't be. Yeah, exactly. I really do not know how it could not be, and if not, then they're really missing a trick mm-hmm. to not have it be in continuity. Because that's the best part about Wolverine. You could have a Wolverine game and not even have it be in New York if you didn't want it to be. Yeah, exactly. He's in the mountains of Canada. He's in, you know, like some friggin', you know, Weapon X research facilities. And and that that'd also be a good game to bring someone like Craven back. 
Yeah, he sure would. He's going to go uh, hunt Wolverine down. Again, you could have it be in New York State. He's just in upstate New York, yeah. where the X-Mansion is. The whole game takes place in rural upstate New York. <laughs> Wolverine gets a motorcycle. He gets a chopper he can ride around on. You can change his cowboy hats. Yeah, th th maybe there's hints in this game, because, I mean, MJ gets a motorbike, and I'm pretty sure later on oh. there's, like, motorbike levels. Yeah, man, man, how cool is Mary Jane in this? It's hard to believe that, like, you know, uh, so many people complained, like, oh, they made her a journalist. They're just making her a poor man's Lois Lane. But she's really good at this, and it actually really mm. helps her keep in the story, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. It really is. And also, like, man, it's so nice to see a, you know, MJ who is, like, a self-actualized character and has her own stuff going on with Jameson, who is now back at the paper. He's not just doing his Alex Jones podcast anymore. Yeah, he still is, but yeah. <laughs> he still is, but, you know, he's not, like, just doing that. And also, you meet him in the first couple minutes of the game, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we technically never met him in person, didn't we, in the first game? We just heard his voice. Yeah, here they, they made sure to, to, to rectify that, where you, like, save him from, like, uh, a limo, and then you have to carry him to, to the hospital. Yep. It's great. <laughs> And he pisses and moans the entire yeah, way. It's great. Which is another great thing about having an older Peter, because, like, Miles is meeting him for the first time, and Peter's like, oh, I'm so over this guy's shit. Let's leave. <laughs> but he didn't always used to be. He used to make him so mad he used to punch walls. And I'm like, wow, I, I like that idea that Jonah used to get under Peter's skin way more in the beginning. Yeah, I was wondering how they were going to use, like, May in the game, especially because, like, obviously Peter gets the symbiote and it, like, fucks with mm. his mind and everything but like i like how they brought it back or at least they do they bring it back around to that picture he finds that says balance on it yeah which again as soon as i read that i'm like oh is that the theme of the game because that sure sounds like yeah. the theme of the game yeah yeah <laughs> it's all about balance oh uh, harry with his bikes and everything peter's is red his is green because of course it is of course yes <laughs> How shocking is it, too, that we're this long into a Spider-Man universe, a decade in some change, and this is a Norman Osborn that has not become the Green Goblin yet, and has, for the most part, basically just been doing shit to try and save his son? Like, he's been it, doing bad shit. He's been, like, a corrupt mayor and everything. Yeah, well, in this game as well, in this game, like, he seems, like, a lot, like, better. Like, yeah. like, like, he seems a lot more altruistic in this game. Well, because like, he has his son back. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But yeah, he, he's not as evil as he was in that first game. Yeah, in the first game, when you when they finally have the big reveal of what he was doing with Otto and Mr. Negative, you're like, ah, well, now it all makes sense. And of mm. course, Matt and I haven't finished the game yet. He could still have a big turn by the end and everything. In fact, I'm certain he will mm. to set up Green Goblin in the third one, because naturally, yeah. if you're doing a third one, you need to do Green Goblin. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be Green Goblin. Yeah, and judging from what I've seen by the end of this one, too, it looks like, okay, so all the major Spider-Man villains you know are accounted for by the end of this one, which means if we do a third one, we'll have to do goblins, but maybe we'll also get a little bit more obscure with villains, too. Yeah, well, this one, like, really, uh, like means like the game can kind of go anywhere just because of like yeah. like what they do with like like they, they they make it known that like oh the symbiote is a fucking alien it mm -hmm. comes from somewhere you know really strange it, it it likes making like the squiggle lines and everything mm -hmm. and so like what what else is out there and there, there is also a mission as well I, I are you collecting like the spider bots or have you gotten that far yet 
I just got the first spider bot from 2099. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that blows everything open. Well, no, each spider bot is themed from a different Spider-Man, and the first one is the oh. town. But, 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 like, the more you collect, Ganky starts, like, talking to you and says, like, hey, the signal is actually coming from, like, a million miles away from Earth, like, in space somewhere. So it's like, what, what, what's going on? What, what's the next villain going to be? So, so just like in the real Marvel universe, aliens are real, magic is real, and yeah. seemingly alternate dimensions are also real. Yeah, yeah, they they like build a lot in this game to say like all this stuff exists because the first one was really like realistic, grounded. quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty goddamn grounded Spider-Man game, and one that mm. also kind of predicted the future of pandemics with that whole Devil's Breath thing. <laughs> You go back and play that's like this was 2018, huh? So they totally called what a big fucking pandemic in New York would look like, huh? <laughs> that's crazy, man. Also, too, you know, well, that first game was very much couched in kind of like the Dan Slot era mm -hmm. of Spider-Man. I say era, it was like over 10 years that they did the thing. This one here, it's kind of hard to peg down the stories that they're referencing. Because by and large, they really seem to be doing their own thing. Obviously, there's hallmarks you'll recognize, there's costumes you'll recognize, but by and large, they kind of seem to be doing their own thing now, which is wild mm. to me. Well, I mean, like, it kind of makes sense to kind of just build your own thing, especially with comics the way they are nowadays. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, we could uh, adapt some stuff from this, or we could just not. <laughs> Also, too, hey, a whole decade and no reference to Gwen Stacy or anything like that, because mm. no goblin, no death for her. Wouldn't it be crazy if they adapted some of that for the third one? Ooh, yeah. Because, you know, you figure, like, who are the most important characters in, you know, Peter's formative years? It would have been Harry. It would have been Gwen. Mm -hmm. what, what if they, because they, they, they've been changing quite a fair bit. What if they, like, change it so that Goblin is more of a Miles villain? Then a Peter mm. villain and goes after Miles's Gwen Stacy. Interesting. That yeah, that's definitely a direction they could take with mm. it. Maybe he becomes the ultimate goblin. Maybe instead of mm. riding a glider, he's a big green monster. You know that would actually make a lot of sense because in this game he does work with Kurt Connors, and uh, like maybe they could like like work it so ah he's got the lizard DNA and the the gas he huffs and it turns him into a giant gorilla goblin guy. They they list off like several scientists when you go to like a tech startup there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. are all these people super villains? I haven't had time to Google them yet, but are these all villains? I bet they're all villains. I saw a file saying Stegron, so I'm like, yeah, uh, it is uh, a guy. Yep. Fucking dinosaurs, man. Yeah, he's got a he cure cancer, but he just was turn people into dinosaurs. There's a whole bit too where they're at uh at a carnival. They go to Coney Island there, mm -hmm. and literally every attraction at Coney Island is named after a supervillain. Yeah, Big Wheel and and Myst and Mysterio has a uh, has a uh, a part there. Escape room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's an escape artist now, which is fucking amazing. And also like, yeah, this is what a loser supervillain would do when they got out of jail. I run an escape now. I'm profiting <laughs> off my crime. <laughs> listen to my listen to my podcast i have a true crime podcast now <laughs> unraveling mysteries with mysterio he actually doesn't lay it on too thick at all which i like yeah he's, he's quite reserved for someone you would think that would be into the big theatrics and everything jail probably beat that out of him i imagine he was probably <laughs> like that then he did you know eight to twelve and fucking chino man <laughs> now he's not like that anymore found jesus but you know what the greatest illusion was? My life without Jesus. 
either that or he's like you know actually i converted to islam like a lot of people who go to jail <laughs> that'd be funny but yeah great use of villains great themes again I, I i can't wait to get back and play more and just like the first game too just when you think you really have a handle on all of the side content they keep introducing new side content i know yeah it, i think i've got like all like the missions all like the side content unlocked ready for me to go and then it's like oh no here's like another mission here's a mission with wraith and yuri and all that sort of stuff mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah because that's another thing too from uh what is it the dlc stories that they would still need to build on yeah the city which again, that never sleeps stuff which which such a slot idea in that of itself where it's like hey let's bring uh yuri watanabe into this yeah which is pretty fucking dope i mean yeah we we could talk about this forever but i feel to talk any more about it we would probably end up going into spoiler territory and i don't want to do that to everyone yeah i can't really talk about what i've seen in the game but like you know, like what i've seen is so fucking cool it's so fucking cool because, yeah, it sounds like, you know, what happens next, we definitely we definitely want you to all see it for yourself and judge it for yourself. Yeah. Because uh, I think whatever you're going to see, you, you, you are not prepared and it will surprise you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, I suppose there's news for this week. There really isn't a ton of shit to talk about. Obviously, we're post-New York Comic Con now. So basically, everything big that's happened has already happened. So we're kind of in a bit of a lull right now. Yeah, no, I don't, like, I think that, like, that's really it for the year in terms of, like, big yeah. news. Like, we'll probably, like, unless this, um, sag deal, like, goes through, we'll start getting news then. But, like, yeah. Probably. Uh, I mean, one minor thing, uh, that Agatha show on Netflix has changed its name again for a third time. Oh, God. I said this on Twitter the other day. Who the fuck is... Who's this show for? Who wants the Agatha and, Harkness show? Uh, big fans of Catherine Hahn. People who absolutely oh. loved her. And make no mistake, she was one of the best parts of she WandaVision. Was, she was I, great, but I'm like, oh, let's give her, like, a multi-season show. It's not that good. An entire show. <laughs> yeah. uh, again, a especially now that we have heard and seen so much of the trouble behind the Marvel show production where it's like they go into these without pilots, without yeah. show Bibles. Yeah. Without actually knowing they just go off like a, a like title card basically. Or, or fan response. They're like, yeah. Oh, you know, we've checked social media. Everyone loves Catherine Hahn. We should do another thing with her. And Hey, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Maybe we don't need an Agatha Harkness show, mm -hmm. but everyone they've cast for the show so far, like they, they had some really amazing casting where I'm like, okay, you know, maybe that will just come together on strength of personality alone. Like, I think they got Aubrey Plaza. They got a couple other like Broadway people in there where I'm like, okay, if this is just a show about them being marvel witches i'm fine with that i guess <laughs> yeah i suppose so but yeah it's just like why why couldn't this be incorporated into something why does it have to be its own show like yeah. agatha harkness like, i'm sure she has dozens of fans out there <laughs> Yeah, where it's like, well, why shouldn't, why couldn't this have just been WandaVision season two? Yeah. And then you hear like, oh, they're doing that Vision show, but maybe they're not doing the Vision show now. And I'm like, well, that should have been WandaVision season two is what it sounds like. Build on what you already did. Don't feel the need to continuously spin off from everything. It's okay for something to be a continuation. See, I don't understand why the Vision show wasn't a priority above this. Because you would think like right? Vision is a main character. He's been in Avengers films. He's and a, a core avenger you know mm. not agatha harkness the, the fun side character who we just met yeah 
is it is it because vision is more expensive is that the thing where it's like yeah. oh it's going to be really rough to make the white vision effect every time i mean you, you see what we did with the scrolls if we do a show around Catherine Hahn as fun spooky witch with her own theme music you know is that is that going to be cheaper can we do that well from what we've heard i, I don't think they give a fuck about what's cheaper or not because i mean that that uh, secret invasion show was like 125 million dollars for like six episodes that's fucking insane they spent way too much money on it. And, and it I'm like, had yeah, no okay. big special effects until like the last episode. It was all the just people fucking end. talking and walking around fucking Belgium or wherever the fuck they were filming. They filmed it, yeah. And then you contrast and compare that to Loki this season, and yeah. it's like, oh, this cost less and already looks way more expensive. That's what you get when you get talented people. Benson and Moorhead, they're fucking talented people. Like, like again, the, the, my the best thing I can say about Loki season two so far, everything about it has felt effortless, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Hasn't it felt yeah, really it knows effortless? What it, it knows what it wants to do, so it just does it. Yeah, we're Doctor Who with Loki, him and you know freaking Mobius have some fun banter because you know uh, Hiddleston and Wilson are really funny together. And uh, we just kind of make it happen from there. And I'm like, yeah, and it kind of fucking works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It kind of fucking works. Hey, similarly to Gen V, which also continues to go on, had a big episode this week with uh, some big reveals and big ideas where it's like, hey, we've basically taken the entire, you know, story of the boys and flipped it on its head right here at the end. Yeah, they actually set up something, uh, something there, w- which is like, oh, this is going to go into like the next season of the boys and be big. It's, it's like that virus, that that contagious virus. Yes, in fact, they even said as much where it's like the end of Gen V will pass off to the boys season four, whatever that becomes. Yes. And I'm like, as it probably should be with spinoffs and tie-ins and everything, where it's like, look, you don't have to watch this, but if you want the answers to these questions, they're all here. Yeah, it's great. And then Soldier Boy also came back in a role I didn't think he would, like, like, the way he came came back was really cool. (laughs) Surprised the shit out of me. You and I both thought it would be like an educational film that they'd be in that they'd be aping like that Captain America thing, but no, he appears as someone's imaginary friend, says some horribly filthy things, and then explodes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's beautiful. You you can tell they just had so much fun working with that guy on the last yeah. season of The Boys. It's like, we gotta write him in somewhere. We gotta write him so just so we can hang out with him for the day. Yeah, it's probably why they kept him alive at the end of that third season, where they're like, we could bring him back, we could bring him back, it'd be cool too much fun and i agree and also it's just great to see him moving outside that like dean winchester freaking yeah. role yeah that he got pegged in for so many years it's like no i'm a versatile actor i can do lots of things yeah, yeah. i can swear with the best of them <laughs> and boy does he sweary ackles <laughs> is the best ackles <laughs> uh did you hear this rumor too apparently uh they might be developing a brand new kick-ass movie but yeah. probably not the main kick-ass probably the second kick-ass from like the next series of books that they did yes does, does matthew vaughn have a movie coming out because like there was like a bunch of articles about like his like interviews recently because he said that yeah, he's really he says some really foolish shit about star wars and and everything where he says like i would just reboot it all and re- recast everyone it's like yeah but like that's not how this sort of stuff works it's a canon universe you know yeah th- uh, they got an article right here on uh newsarama there kick-ass director matthew vaughn trialed and tried and failed to make three different superman movies apparently yeah 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 i'm seeing the article you said matthew vaughn would remake original star wars with a new cast yeah yeah, I, yeah does he have a new project coming out because yeah he's all over the fucking news this week yeah it's weird <laughs> 
Yeah, or, or did he just have a really lucky week where, you know, all, or, you know, it is, it's a slow news week, so everything he said went super viral. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like, again here, Matthew Vaughn has spoken to James Gunn about the DCU. <laughs> I, I bet he has. I don't know if it's gone anywhere. Did he just yell at him at a restaurant? James! James! DC Universe! Please, James? I want to make a movie where Me? the CGI isn't shit. <laughs> me yeah that's always kind of in the his movies are really great but there's always like one glaring problem where it's like ooh, that was almost excellent yeah yeah his, his movies range from like pretty damn good to oh that could have been excellent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh another piece of news here people are talking about that actively contradicts something we said last week uh, i said that you know deadpool 3 looks to be going ahead with no actual delays at all, probably because the character has his mouth covered and they can just ADR in whatever the fuck they need, uh, Ryan Reynolds to mm -hmm. say. Well, apparently that's not true. Apparently it is going to end up being delayed because of the strike anyway. So I'm like, oh, so you guys were just lying across the board. I don't know whether it was lying. It was probably more so that's like, oh yeah, we can get, we can do this without the writers. Hell yeah, we can, this is just Deadpool. And then they're like, oh, okay, maybe we need, we need some writers. Are you telling me, Matt, that they woke up the night after the hangover and they're like, oh, my God, what did we do? What did we film? <laughs> oh, my God. Also, the chat helping us out. Yes, Matthew Vaughn's next film is Argyle, that's his spy right. movie yeah, that, with Henry Cavill. That spy movie. Yeah, that, that's why I, I mentioned the CGI, because the CGI in that trailer didn't look good. Does, doesn't come out till next year. But hey, Henry Cavill being basically James Bond. Yeah, all right, I'm down for that. Yeah, with a weird ass haircut. Yeah. That's fine. It, it, it seems like Henry Cavill lives and dies by his weird hair choices, either on his head or on his face. <laughs> Is that in his writer? Look, I'll take the movie, but only if I can do something weird with my hair. It could be long and white. I can have a funny mustache. I can have a full font, but I must do something weird with my hair. Only way. <laughs> also, I need a table so I can paint my uh, war minis. You know, I gotta yeah, have that as well. Build, build a PC. Yeah, that's also in his rider too, which hey man, gets a good deal every time. <laughs> <laughs> you you see those celebrity riders where they like ask for all sorts of crazy shit. Like I can only have green M&Ms or I must have a whole chicken dinner delivered halfway through the show and no later. Yep. I, I wish I could reach that level of fame because I, I have been in one green room in my life. It was for New York Comic Con a couple of years ago when I coattail road much more famous people. And they had that spread out there. And you could tell that like some some stuff was only there because, you know, uh, the actors made like crazy demands. And yeah. I'm like, man, that's that's my goal. I don't want to be mansion rich. I don't want to be, you know, like private island rich. I want to be famous enough where I can make crazy demands and that people have to have <laughs> it happen. <laughs> I want melon balls, but they can only be balled with the left hand. I will, I will fucking know if you did it with your right, <laughs> and I will just, I will just be impossible <laughs> if you give me melon balls that were not balled with the left hand. A and curse they, upon and, your house. And, and they got to be a specific type of melon that's only grown in like the mountains of Fiji that you have to hike ten days to get. They must be Alfonso Melons from India. Yes, that Alfonso, the guy who tried to <laughs> overflow the Nile and kill everyone there. Yes, that guy. How good's the melon? It's that good that people forgot about the other stuff. Uh, that, that's a real story, everyone. The Alfonso Mango. That guy tried to do a genocide, but the mangoes are so good. That's all people know about him. <laughs> 
Uh, some other stuff going on here. I guess the guys who handled the Dead Space remake uh, opened up about that new EA Iron Man game, which I forget is happening until I'm reminded. Yeah, well, it, it, they haven't really talked about it all that much. They, like, announced it, and then, like, that's it. Well, shit, EA Iron Man game, after considering how good Spider-Man has been, here's hoping you up your fucking game. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty good with their, like, single-player games. Like, the Jedi games are, are like, really good. And isn't it so annoying to have to admit that the Dead Space remake, the Star Wars games, mm. it's like, fuck you, EA, when you make well, a good game, you make a good game. It's always when they go single-player games, no fucking multiplayer microtransactions. Yeah. They, it's it's almost like the developers want to do that and not do this FIFA multi-season Always on. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, shockingly, when you let talented people just do their jobs. Yeah shit actually ends up being good how how about that everybody mm-hmm. how a freaking about that uh oh here's a story from comic-con we didn't talk about because i didn't really have much to say on the subject but jeff johns gary frank brian hitch francis manipal and even more a-list comic talent are launching their own comic imprint ghost machine nice nice it, it feels very image. It feels very mm. much... Well, it is an image. Ironically, it's an image imprint, but it feels very much like the original uh, freaking image revolution where, like, the most in-demand artists at the time broke off and did their own thing free yeah. of interference. And I feel like a lot of that is happening again with creators being like, oh, this fucking editorial interference. We can't do anything we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is definitely what it feels like. And uh, I guess they got a couple books here they're already talking about. Uh, there's Ghost Machine, uh, which looks to be a team book. And then there's Geiger, number one from Ghost Machine. That's Jeff John's new thing. Geiger is something he's already made. Oh, okay. So now that's, it's just being put into yeah, the universe. Yeah, that that's like the stuff he's been doing with Gary Frank. Because it, it's like a whole universe. Right. He, he like spun out of this one book. Right. Okay. Right. Because on the cover it says the all new ongoing series starts here. So all new ongoing, which means we did another one, but this is a new number one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff Johns is also doing Rook Exodus, which looks like a Batman Black Panther mashup, only with a crow instead of a bat. And there's a trench coat, and this person has guns. <laughs> well, all right. How about that? Yeah, I remember. Junk- I, I saw this art, and like, of course, of because it's Jeff Johns uh yeah the, the, the snyder people uh came out and said that like he just copied the nightmare batman oh yes because putting uh, a superhero in a trench coat yeah. isn't something that hasn't been done since time in Ex- fucking no no memorial. no Zack snyder invented that you should know that he invented Look, post-apocalyptic the- chic yeah don't, don't show them old pictures of fucking uh the thing in a trench coat or Raphael from the ninja turtles they'll have aneurysms yeah. well, wait till they find out the, about the game new vegas you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Junkyard Joe, which looks to kind of be a Captain America mm-hmm. G.I. Joe thing. It's funny because obviously Skybound is revitalizing G.I. Joe right now as part of their Energon universe. So mm-hmm. it's funny that like war comics are kind of making a weird return in 2023. War comics and there's, there's been like a couple of like Western comics as well that are done really yeah. well. Yeah. How about that? We got Red Coat also by Jeff Johns. He's got a red coat and a gas mask. Yeah, Again, the, I, I, the, I, these are all creations he's he's already done, like in in books, oh. and he's obviously either rebooting them or, like you said, they're like an ongoing that are moving over to this 
imprint. Right. It's it's a shared universe now, which makes me stop yeah. and think, hey, were, were these all Substack projects you guys were working on that didn't quite happen? So you're like, fuck it, let's just make our own imprint and pile all of our unreleased work together? Because I don't know if Substack ended up being like the dream that a lot of people wanted it to be. Yeah, I never hear about it anymore. Me neither. Yeah. Which is usually a bad sign. Yeah, and I don't hear about like any big because, like, they were, for a while there, there were, like, big writers signing to it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, oh, yeah, people... nothing. And then nothing. Oh, yeah, AAA writers were dropping marquee books to go write for Substack, because apparently they gave you a hell of a signing bonus when you did. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people are like, look, you know, comics are a niche service, and I don't want to basically do comic release Patreon, which was kind of the model they were doing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not, you know, sign up for another service that, you know, pings my credit card. Can I just give you money directly? Mm -hmm. I mean, we had the Kickstarter model and that worked fine. Can we just do that? Yeah. It's also the thing that took Nick Spencer away from us, too, because he had gotten like an office job there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was weird. Like he was like the big one that signed first and then everyone else started getting onto it. Yeah, he was going to be writing and developing yeah. for the thing too. I think I think their main goal was if we can get enough big stuff here, then hopefully we can sell what is it production rights to like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all these streaming services mm -hmm. to inevitably make streaming sir or to make streaming shows out of it because that's where the big money is. That's how James Tyne in the fourth became a millionaire overnight because he sold like two projects back to back. Yeah, which is wild to think. Which is also probably why we haven't seen much from Tynan recently because he's like fuck you I'm a millionaire I can write it whenever I want yeah I can't remember the last thing Tynan wrote uh, for DC it was that Batman stuff and then I think he also finished up some of that vampire stuff and then mm. I think he's still been doing his horror stuff he's been doing you know something is killing the children and another long sentence title of stuff that I hear is excellent but have not actually had a chance to read though it's mm. Halloween so maybe I should yeah We'll, we'll do a live reading of Something's Killing the Children. The camera will just be here at me, and I'll just be reading the book. I'll be like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that's unexpected. Okay, turn the page. Oh, wow, didn't see that. Oh, spooky. It's, it's a great new avenue. We're doing live comic reactions, <laughs> real page turning. <laughs> you know, you got to pay extra, you know, for the intervals when I got to get up and get a snack or make a phone call in between reading my comic. <laughs> Or take the garbage out because I got someone yelling at me. Or I'm like, oh, fuck, it's trash day. I got to go do the thing. <laughs> at that point, it's just a live stream at that point. It's just watching how I live. <laughs> uh, hear me break plans with people over the phone. No, you know, I'm really sick. No, I can't come out tonight. No, no, I'm really, I'm really, yeah, I'm busy. You know, just, just work, just work is up my thing. Oh, good. I don't have to go anywhere. Ooh, broke, uh, <laughs> broke that meeting. Oh, nothing feels better than breaking a meeting and not having to do it. <laughs> That's the sort of person I am. <laughs> but yeah, so that's basically everything in the news this week, which was barely anything at all. Yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah, was not a hell of a lot. Uh, again, it's probably going to be like this for the next couple of weeks. Thank God uh, for the Spider-Man game. If not, we really would have had nothing else to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, boy, uh, tell me about it. So uh, we want to talk about what we read this week. I only read like three new things this week. Because like I said, I've been too busy playing Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've only read like a couple of books. 
All right, let's let's uh, let's get in there there and talk about stuff. I guess I guess we can talk about one of the bigger things I know we both read this week, which was Superman number seven, which was a big uh, triple-length issue, and it really feels like mm. that, that you got, like, three stories for the price of one. Well, yeah, probably it, more, because it's, it's comics. It's actually funny, because, like, everything I read this week was all Superman-related, but only two of them were actually titled Superman. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. So yeah, this is the continuation of the change story. Superman accidentally let one of Luther's prisoners free, and he's raising all sorts of hell in the city. Yeah, while uh, Perry is trying to uh, announce his bid for mayor, he attacks uh, his 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 uh, his little meeting thing that he's got going there in front rally. of the daily planet rally yeah uh and he actually knows who this kid is he knows he's sammy, recognize him right away sammy striker I, i'm guessing the son of sebastian striker yeah the founder of strikers island which is one of those things where it's like man you know there's so much written about arkham and the arkham family and everything i have never really thought about the strikers family for no. superman but i'm glad someone's actually writing about that there's barely anything about him I know, which is fertile ground for Josh Williamson to come on and write some new shit. We also learn what the Chain's deal is, because they never quite explained what his powers are. Apparently, they're just like Superboy Connors. He has tactile telekinesis. He can do shit, but only if he's touching you. And because he always has those chains going, he's always touching you. And that also makes a lot of sense, because this, because, like, like, technically, this makes Connor, like, uh, an ancestor of yeah of, of, of sam because like th this is like it's sam the chain is like version 1.0 of like what lex was trying to do with superboy creating his own superman where it's like oh it's not the first time you did it it's great too because it means that connor actually has more skin in this game Ooh. and actually has something to do in the story which doesn't happen all the time and it also makes me think that this is why that uh that story we talked about last week never happened because yep. williamson's developing something for superboy specifically yeah, it sounds like Williamson came in. It's like, no, 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 I, I have something for him. And we get a great scene wherein he uses his t uh, tactile telekinesis to keep a falling building from yeah. falling down. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. We don't ever get to see that much. Yeah, it was really cool. And I, yeah, and it, it gives like like Connor some skin in the game against this villain who is using what is essentially his own powers against him yeah absolutely and also talking mad shit about him too where it's like yeah. oh you know we're alike you and i but oh you are you're such a disappointment you could be so much more than you are and that like really gets into fucking connor's head where it's like man i've known you for like five seconds and you're already talking shit <laughs> ow that's really solid i, I like you that superman doesn't want to like hurt this guy because he's like no you know this guy was clearly a prisoner for all these years it was deeply unfair but this guy just hates Luthor so much. The second he sees the big S on top of what was the old LexCorp building, he's like, no, you two are in cahoots. I can't trust you. I can't trust any of you. I can't trust any of you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Superman actually ends up freeing himself from the prison by seemingly using all his powers at once to free, to like overload the system. Uh, see, I assumed he was stealing a flash trick and just radiating his molecules really well, see, fast. He, he did that, but, but Mercy mentioned that um, the chains would just match his his speed and everything and then he activated his heat vision which i took as uh, like oh i can only replicate one power at a time and if he uses multiple powers at a time it'll like short circuit the system so if i'm super fast laser vision ice breath super smell <laughs> you know just obscure superman powers that you haven't thought of in forever throwing the cellophane ass yeah he, he kisses the chains and it forgets mm. yeah yeah <laughs> 
God, he, he should really do that more often. His amnesia kiss, you should really bring yeah. that one out. The roofy kiss, yeah. Yeah. Dark side, you know, I am all things. I am the destroyer of worlds. What am I here? What am I even doing? What's my name? Fuck, what am I doing? And uh, and Clark's just like, uh, your name is Steve. You work at the paper getting coffee. In fact, you're late right now. Oh, shit, I better go. <laughs> And that's how Darkseid uh, just joins the uh, Daily Planet getting coffee because he forgets who he is. <laughs> There's this. Hey, Matt Fraction, that one's free. You can write that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's solid. We get a really strong, like, little uh, matching of wits between Lois and Lex because Lex is like, well, shit, I got to save Superman. I may be the only one who can because this is obviously deeply tied to me my early years in Metropolis and this conspiracy that Perry seems to also have been complicit in. Yeah, yeah, in burying all of his uh, heroics, yeah. Early, which is very interesting. It's like, why would you want to do that? Yeah. And Lois basically, Lois basically becomes the reader, and she's like, why should I trust you, Lex? You're just going to screw Superman over. This isn't the first time you've done something like this. You you can't help yourself but to be bad. And Lex takes us on, like, a really interesting visual history of his life with Superman. Yeah, and, and it, 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 it's really interesting because it explains a lot about, like, like why he's doing, or it kind of recontextualizes a lot of like, what so. he do, does, where it's like, and he compares it to like, well, well, like you, you wanted to see like Clark as just Clark and not Superman. And you, you thought about that. So like, why couldn't, and you will now want to see me as just the bad guy and not something else, much like how you saw Clark, not a Superman. So like, why can't I be good? And I, I can be good. The only thing that is standing in my way is me basically. Yeah. And again, and he says, you know, that's the reason I hated Superman for all those years is that he revealed the great flaw inside myself, that mm -hmm. the problem was always me. No matter how smart I was or how strong I was, Superman was always able to overcome me because, you know, there's a great fault in me. And mm -hmm. he has another great line, too, where he says, you know, I, I used to think, you know, if you stared into the abyss, the abyss would stare back at you. But Superman's not like that. He stares into the abyss and then changes the abyss. So mm -hmm. why can't he change me? Yeah which is a really beautiful line. And then the book goes totally bug nuts fucking crazy. Uh, his mom's alive. Letitia Luthor is totally alive. Yeah, we learn that he was keeping her, like, imprisoned on, like, an island. On an island. An island, like, an Epstein island. Exactly. You beat me to it. I was going to say, well, he got a great yeah. deal on Epstein's old island because he yeah. doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, she lived in that, like, weird temple thing he had on one part of the island, yeah. Um, she's been living there, but then she learned that, like, he, like, sold the company to an alien. The alien that, like, he spent, like, many years fighting. And mm -hmm. since she's on the board, she wants to come and see if he could, like, legally do that. Total succession stuff. And then, hey, yeah. they retcon and recontextualized even further to have his mother be the one who was actually living in Metropolis and being the reason that Lex came there, saying, you know, mm -hmm. Lex's dad uh, might have been okay, you know, with just a regular life in Smallville, but me and my son never were. And I'm like, ooh, was she the cutthroat businesswoman now in this new continuity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, his, his dad was busy fucking around with, like, doorknobs and shit from the oh yeah and yeah <laughs> yeah get, getting really upset at martian manhunter yeah remember the last retcon where it's like no he wasn't some stupid drunk he actually was an amazing scientist we just fucked with his brain to make him think he was yeah yeah <laughs> 
did, did that fuck up you, Luther? Sorry about that if that completely ruined your life. And then I'm like, okay, his mom's back. That's fucking crazy. They can't go any crazier than that. Oh, wait, yes, they did. His daughter is also here. Yeah. Fucking Lena, Lena Luther, named for his sister, a character who's gotten crisis in and out of continuity a couple times. Yeah, she she's now back. And she she seemingly has been through the brainiac shit because she's got which like was the, like her the first three, story three dogs which makes sense because brainiac is also tied into this story as well very much so in fact they smash cut to be like yeah luther has a daughter who is possessed by brainiac brainiac up to right now <laughs> well brainiac's t teaming with uh, the zanians to like invade worlds and like uh, like destroy them just to gain like their knowledge and with seemingly the knowledge he wants he, he well, firstly he's trying to figure out what's so special about earth why does that why are have... so many meta people born here yeah whereas like other planets like the one he's attacking has one single person who can control uh like metal with magnetism and stuff also, apparently that world is like a deep cut reference to another like cosmic story that I totally didn't get, but mm. someone pointed out in my comics or comment section and I felt dumb for not getting it. Oh, nice. Uh, another beautiful thing. Did you catch the names of the Lost Lobos? And I'm going to call them that until yeah. uh, they get a better name. I, I, I did, but like I can't pronounce them. Uh, Duende, General yeah, Chital, right. yeah. and uh, Churro something which again spanish lobo is spanish for wolf there jackal shark and goblin are their oh, that's, names that's cool that's cool i'm like fucking a and again we, we got like a middle-aged woman one an old bald guy and like a younger man and i'm like oh that's fun because we already have crush so we're filling all the other you know uh sides of zarnian society <laughs> yeah yeah which, man, you know when the real Lobo hears about this, he's probably going to be really pissed, and he'll probably join forces with Superman to go well, fight these guys. Yeah, 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 probably. And, but yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, helping Brainiac, and he, he looks like he wants to get, like, the, the ability to create life because he's making, like, a woman in, like, a stasis tube, who I imagine will be the, the Brainiac queen. Oh, interesting. That, that we saw revealed at New York Comic Con, yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because this is all setting up for the House of Brainiac event. Yes. Which is a great I, name, and also... I had a theory that, like, he's doing all of this, not because, like, he's, like, angered at, like, Superman trying to get revenge, but because, like... Because he's, like, watching Superman as he's doing this, because he's got, like, cameras on Earth, like, keeping tabs on it, and he's, like, yeah. seen the super family and everything and, and how Superman can have a family, family, and he wants that. He wants his own family. Well, family does seem to be a fucked up theme in this because, yeah, Superman is happier than ever because he has his whole family next to him. Mm -hmm. Luther is miserable because his family has now blown back into <laughs> his life. And Brainiac seems to be hungering for a family. And Lobo is probably going to be pissed to realize that he is no longer the last of something. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's going to want to sort his family out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he has an extended family, and I'm like, well, way to go, Joshua Williamson, for bringing this all it, together on a theme. It's all about family. It's all about family. Family, family. Ghost written by Dom Toretto. <laughs> His ghostwriting is he just wrote the word family over and over again on a post-it note, and Williamson's like, well, I guess I'll run with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. But yeah, Superman, re really great. Really, uh, Really did feel like a special issue. Yeah, it was so good. Certainly was. Uh, I guess from Superman, we could talk about Batman. I had that this week. Actually, no, technically I had Catwoman, but it's all Gotham. What, what's happening? I'm, like, caught up on it, but I haven't read this issue yet. 
it continues to get a little better. Selena and Bruce finally pull their heads out of their asses on this one and decide mm-hmm. to join forces to stop Vandal Savage, who is the real villain. Oh, finally. Like, what's this, the second last issue? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I think we get one more Batman issue, and then we probably have, like, a special wrap-up issue. I know there is another Red Hood issue. Yes, which I refused. That one comes yeah. out, or this one, that one came out this week, but I fucking refused to read it. Yeah, I, I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Because because none of none of it fucking matters. But yeah, it's nice to see Bruce and Selena pull their heads out of their ass. It's also nice to see Jason get a moment where he kind of wins his fucking dignity back because uh, Firefly just started firebombing the city because he's like, ah, oh, my henchman left me. I'll probably kill some henchmen if I set some buildings on fire. <laughs> and all the other assorted villains are like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we also don't have a good idea. You do that. You burn all those buildings. And Jason's running around and he's all like scared and everything because Batman gave him fucking invasive brain surgery. But he hears a little yeah. girl in trouble, so he rushes on in to save her fighting against the fear programming and when batman and catwoman find him later because they both agree they need to help him first because they both kind of fucked with him more than anyone else he was basically their biggest victim in this story and batman's like why would you do it jason why would you run into this burning building when your mind is all messed up and catwoman's like isn't it obvious you dummy you raised him to be a good man he's doing what you taught him to do maybe he's not as sick and broken as you keep thinking he is and batman's like oh fuck you got me there (laughs) yeah you know like I remember you telling me about that whole Batman fucking with his mind thing. And then like I when I caught yeah. up, I read it, I'm like, fuck off this happened. Fuck off this act actually happened. This is actually I... and this is not gonna actually like there's gonna be no consequences from this at all. No, there, there was basically no consequences no. in the second issue because it doesn't really take Jason kind of overcomes it yeah. and basically forgives him. Though in a nice scene, Jason also rakes both of them over the coals and he kind of yells at them in the same way a kid would yell at their parents when they were right (laughs) where it's like you know this is all your fault right because you two wouldn't go to like fucking couples counseling the city is now literally on fire because of you and they're like yeah okay red hood you win this one yeah yeah you're right okay don't you don't gotta rub it in jason and i'm like good good for jason for being right for once in one thing (laughs) he deserves to be right in this situation he's really gone through more than anything else in this story he's basically the third most important character like i don't know if this is a good red hood story but it's the most interesting red hood story they've Mm. told in a while yeah it's something like like away from like the joker and like all Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff and it builds on the trauma he had and everything yeah Mm -hmm. does everything that we've probably been saying for years that should happen with jason where it's like actual character development Yeah, to where he actually feels important and is actually making decisions and everything. Mm-hmm. That part is good. Vandal Savage, he has a pretty fun moment, too, where he goes to all the Gotham gang lords. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, you've lost your henchmen because of Batman and Catwoman. But I tell you what, if you go kill them, then your henchmen will have to return to you. And I'm going to arm you to let this happen. You're, you're going to be my generals during this war. And then as soon as they leave, he's like, can you believe they're so fucking stupid? I made them into my henchmen and they don't even know. <laughs> And I'm like, yep, that's good old Vandal Savage. And it turns out the things he arms them with is a bunch of Batman stuff that he stole from the cave. Oh, that's cool. So, like, Two-Face and Mad Hatter and everything come out with fucking utility belts and grappling hooks and everything. That's cool. I'm still waiting for that that needle to drop where, like, Vandal, he's done all this fuck with Batman, but doesn't realize that Batman is, like unstable and zuranar takes over and he has to deal with a bat- the Batman of Zuranar, not not realizing that it's not, like, the usual batman he's dealing with 
Oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely going to happen because he, even though him and Catwoman are honest with each other now and put their cards down on the table, he never once mentioned Zuranon feeling crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, Batman? You can give her all the hell in the world for having an unrealistic plan to try and stop crime in the city, but you're literally not sharing with them your mental illness. So, <laughs> so we're all kind of at fault on this one. <laughs> Also, uh, if we're going to get real for a second, uh, you, you threw the first punches in all of these situations. Everyone you you are actually, yeah, yeah, you're you're the one who escalated, which is something a lot of people in my comment sections don't seem to understand. It's like, oh, Batman needs to cut Catwoman and Nightwing out forever. They betrayed him. Like, yeah, but he threw the first punch, though, in every yeah. situation. Yeah, this is entirely his fault. Yeah, like, Nightwing and the others were more than happy sitting out of the whole thing until he started blowing up buildings and, like, wiping people's minds. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, they actively did not want to get involved. He forced their hands on every one of these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Gotham War getting a little bit better has the chance to actually end pretty strong. The first half is still annoying, but the second half is stronger, mainly because the book isn't afraid to hold characters responsible for their shitty behavior. That's that's good. That's good. That's, it seems to be getting a little bit better. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah. What else did you have, Matt? I had like one other book. Uh, I had three others. I, I'm realizing now. Um, I had uh, Batman Superman World's Finest Issue 20. Ooh, right on. Yes, uh, this is a this is a big universe hopping one, isn't it? Uh yeah, yeah, and uh, it starts with the Flash, of course. Uh, who, who's, who's traveling the Speed Force, mapping the, the the multiverse, and he 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 has a run in with uh the the Flash the of um the Kingdom Come universe, and 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 he, and he follows the and he sees him, and he sees their world, and they are all being like menaced by someone he he sees but we don't see so he goes to see superman and batman and tells them that he has found david the uh the boy uh. thunder the kid who disappeared a couple of issues ago oh, um of course uh, into the multiverse they didn't know where he went and he's on this world which he has designated earth 22 mm. uh, which is which is actually the kingdom comes earth designation um, oh, oh, Mark Wade, you cheeky boy, you. <laughs> so he builds uh, Superman a cosmic treadmill, warns him that, like, uh, you can use it, but, like, you're not a speedster, so it might spit <laughs> you out wherever. It's, it's not guaranteed where it'll spit you out. So they use it, and they get spat out into the uh, Kingdom Come universe uh, post everything that's happened in those books. And they, 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 they arrive at like a cemetery and they see like a really older David and like the older Superman and Batman and they're burying Blue Beetle, uh, Power Girl and the Ray and, and Batman's like, wow, this is, this is really heavy. They, they've had to bury three of their friends and Batman's like, that's not all. And then we see like this, this entire cemetery is filled with like the graves of like Green Arrow and Red Robin and all of these people. And, um, it, it makes some questions like what the fuck happened to in on this world? Like what the hell happened? Um, they're then transported a couple of years back in time in, in that universe. And they, they see like the, the older Superman, he's still in Metropolis. The daily planet is still operating. So it's before the Joker gas attack and everything. Right. And Batman, before they decide to go and talk to any of the heroes, they decide to like, investigate like undercover so they just get dressed in their civilian clothes and they go there to the planet krypton restaurant like they do in the <laughs> in the kingdom come books and they they're, they're talking everything they don't know who blue beat uh who 
booster gold is though because this because this book is technically set in the past of the d of earth All zero right. so booster hasn't shown himself yet um so they don't know who he is why he's running a restaurant filled with like their costumes and and everything and they're trying to figure out what's going on and it's really interesting because there's like a role reversal here where like bruce is like oh there's a superman here he'll, he'll be able to help us maybe he's been helping david on this world <laughs> and superman uh earth zero clark is like eh, maybe we shouldn't talk to him because all this guy's friends died and he mm, seemingly didn't mm. do anything to stop it and if he calls himself a superman that's a very un-superman thing to do so like what wow, the hell uh, happened <laughs> what wow mark uh wade getting a little self-critical with yourself over yeah, here yeah um so they find some like justice league case books in in the restaurant and they like look over them and they find out that this world is seemingly cut off from the multiverse because no one on this world no flash no one has had any interaction with any parallel worlds or the multiverse at all well, except for when Joshua Williamson sent his characters there that one time, but I'm guessing Mark Waite doesn't nah, count that, that time. Nah, fuck that. That didn't happen. Nah. I, I didn't write it, so it didn't happen, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> um, They then talk about, like, what will happen with David once he comes back to Earth-Zero, because they, the idea is they bring him back to Earth-Zero and he, like, gets to live there. And Bruce makes a really good point, was like, he can't really live with Clark Kent because Clark's a bachelor who lives in an apartment on his own and is rarely home because he's both a reporter and Superman. And if he were to adopt him, CPS would be watching Clark Kent like a hawk <laughs> and everything. And, and he, he actually makes a really good point. It's like, I was able to adopt Dick Grayson because I have money and the Wayne name and I could bend the rules <laughs> to my to what I wanted because I'm rich and everything. But Clark Kent isn't that. And we'll solve it, but we'll have to solve it in a different way. That's funny. <clears throat> Um, anyway, their talk is interrupted by an attack downtown by uh, Atom Master, uh, who is fighting Thunderman, who is the the <laughs> the, the grown up boy Thunder, the grown up David, and he's got a fucking nineties ass costume. It's like the the low cut leather jacket that like oh, Red yeah. Hood wears, the like pouches, uh, Domino mask, everything, everything. Uh, and he he fights this this uh, character and uh, and like world's finest help out. But then he starts going overboard and he, he like wants to know where she's kept these hostages that she's taken from LexCorp. And, and he like ends up like cooking her head with his lightning and like melting her helmet to, to her head. And, and Batman and Superman stop him because he went too far. And then he, he thinks that these are just like the kingdom come Batman and Superman. And he's like, ah, oh, fucking lectures. I don't want to hear about it. But then he realizes they're the Earth Zero Superman and Batman. And he's like really happy and everything. He's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. I've wanted to see you for ages. And then he fucking attacks Superman because he feels like he needs to get revenge on the man who abandoned him. Oh, shit. Yeah. No Kingdom Come stuff really in this issue at all, which I really quite like. Well, because that was my question. Like, is this basically just the whole point of this series? Is this just to be like a kind of Kingdom Come sequel? But it sounds like it's doing enough of its own thing. Yeah, it's doing. It, it didn't immediately jump to well. Superman's got to fight this older Superman, and Batman's got to deal with like the the Bat sentries and all this sort of stuff. It's not going straight to there. And in fact, it seems to be like building out like Magog's, because because David turns into Magog that's the the whole thing um right uh it seems to be building out his um like backstory and like why he 
ended up becoming like because in in that original story he was like the new generation of hero who's like more edgy and 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 mm. superman doesn't like that which is why he left and everything and they're sort yes, of building Bane had a real problem with that yeah they're sort of building out why he would turn to that way of uh superheroing i was forgotten i was abandoned yeah yeah Oh yeah, I'm looking at the costume now. He's got like those cable things where he's yeah. got like ammo pouches on yeah. his legs for no reason. Oh yeah, I see what you're talking about. Oh yeah, he's 90s horrific. Yeah. <laughs> and they got like shoulder pads and oh yeah, that is just freaking uh Red Hood's jacket. Yeah. <laughs> that is 100% just Red Hood. I actually Hood's like if it would be Red Hood's jacket cuz like he do Batman and Superman, you know, he hung out in yeah. the Batcave, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he just stole Jason's shit. He just liked it that yeah, much. Or he killed Jason and took it. <laughs> yeah, also that. <laughs> uh, I also had another one this week that was also about young heroes. I had Miles Morales Spider-Man number 11, which is back. And oh boy, boy, is it just a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. He, he's uh, still with Blade hunting vampires? Yep. Yep, this is a good old-fashioned Spider-Man team-up with Blade and his daughter Bloodline, who is used to great effect in this book. In fact, Miles has a lot in common with Briella because they're both young black heroes flung into these big legacies that they're trying to live up to. Mm -hmm. And uh, they both say, well, geez, Miles, if you're going to come hunt vampires with us, uh, we're going to need to change up your outfit. So, yes, he gets a big, long duster coat. <laughs> I just love that. It's like, no, no, no. If you're going to want to hang out with us vampire hunters, you got to have a long leather trench coat. Them's the rules. Yeah, it's, it's the rules. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've also blessed your webs with, like, holy water, so now you can shoot holy webs at vampires. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. But, but they're not just any vampires. These ones don't drink blood. These are energy vampires that drink bioelectricity. Well, no, they're Colin from what we do in the shadows. It's just got to, like, yeah, that bore was them my to first... death. <laughs> They they also don't have fangs. They uh, prod you with tentacles. <laughs> and I just love that. I'm like, oh, shit, they're energy vampires, and Miles has more energy than anyone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch out for that. And it's all on Halloween night, of course. Of course. Because why wouldn't it be? What's really fun about this is that Ziggler brings back Hightail, the super speedster who's been hunting Miles for Agent Gao. She obviously thinks she's hot shit and she can fight the vampires, but ends up getting bitten. So now, oh no, we have a super speedster who can spread the vampire curse. Fuck everything. <laughs> but Blade's reaction is priceless, too, because he's like, well, Miles, gotta kill your friend now. Gotta, gotta kill her. Gotta do it. And Miles like, no, 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 don't kill her. I can reform her. There's good in her. You don't do this, Miles. No. And Blade's like, nope, nope, we kill in my books. I'm sorry. <laughs> but again, just Miles being a good guy and getting, uh, getting in front of it. Also, Miles implying that he might be developing new ways to use his spider sense. Yeah. Yeah, he says, you know, I've only ever used my spider sense defensively, but ever since uh, going to therapy with Doc Sasquatch, I'm trying to think of ways to laser focus it, just so you know it doesn't go off when I'm in danger. Maybe it can tell me the direction of danger. Ooh, that's cool. And I'm like, God damn it, Miles, you have a cool energy sword, and now you're using uh, your friggin' spider sense like it's goddamn hockey from One Piece or something to to kind of see the future. It sounds like like he's trying to use it like echolocation, like a bat, like a vampire yeah. bat. <laughs> like a vampire bat, how about that? And again, it's just like, man, you know, if Peter tried even half as hard to, like, focus his powers and to think of new and interesting ways to do them, it just shows that, like, so many writers haven't bothered to add anything new to peter in years do you reckon it's like the writers or like 
it's more so the 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 editorial would be like i have an idea sure for like a new will. power for peter where he could like like upgrade his his spider sense like no can't do that kill mary jane yeah yeah i, I oh i'm 100 it's editorial it's like nope spider-man must always stay the way he is you can change his costume but only for an arc yep yep or put him in the black suit people like that put him yeah, in the black suit. but he can't sell bed. drugs or have sex with men no <laughs> damn it it's my whole arc right there <laughs> I had a whole arc where Peter Parker becomes kingpin of the gay club scene selling Molly. What do you mean I can't do that now? <laughs> Shit. I had, I had so much fun I was going to have with that story. <laughs> Seriously, someone should just write that book. Like, that, like, like we can, like, fan fun that you and me, Matt, will just release that story. It's the story Marvel never wanted you to see. <laughs> It's not we'll Peter do like, Parker. We'll do like, a, like an anthology. It'll be that. It'll be our story about like Frank Castle going to San Francisco and defending the exactly. gay community. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll put that all together. The stories Marvel didn't want you to see. And, and we'll change it just enough. He's not Peter Parker, the Spider-Man. He's Peter Parkman, the Bugster. Oh, <laughs> uh, here comes the Bugster, everyone. It, it, it just looks exactly the same. We just, we just changed just enough so yeah. that Marvel wouldn't sue us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's obvious, like, you know, you know who Peter Parkman is supposed to be. Come on. We, we, we all know. We all know. <laughs> yeah, quite the what if idea, Joel. Yeah, I just keep pitching that to Marvel over and over again. Okay, so what if Spider-Man in the black costume selling drugs, okay? And all the other things that he can't do. He'll dance, too. And obviously when he dances, it's just the dance scene from Spider-Man 3 again. <laughs> is all it is. You know, the greatest crime. Like, that's fine, but all the other stuff isn't fine. <laughs> Seriously, if I wrote Spider-Man, I'd have to think of, like, everything where it's like, no, well, you see, Peter Parker went undercover with Tombstone's gang, and they had to make sure he wasn't a cop, so he had to sell some drugs, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, not, it's not our fault that he was good at it, or, like, wanted to do it, or anything, yeah. Yeah, it's like training day, and it finds out, you know, because he's a genius, and he's really good with math and numbers and everything, he can make, like, Super Crank in a motel bathtub, and he's, like, can, you know, sell it really good, because, you know, he's run his own company before he has business skills. <laughs> he knows a lot of other hardworking scientists who need to stay up for days to finish their dissertations, and, you know, because he's a man <laughs> who never left high school. He knows where all the high school parties are. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying Peter Parker drug dealer would be a great new series and no worse than anything else you've done to him in the last decade. No, not at all. Look, Peter needs a job and drug dealers work very hard and make a lot of money <laughs> is all I'm saying. Peter's walking around. He's got like a Gucci coat and a Rolex watch and he sends, you know, Aunt May away on a vacation. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm thinking, you know, fighting crime, selling drugs has been very good for me. Especially because I keep locking up my competition as Spider-Man. <laughs> How have they never done that? Superhero drug dealer. Yeah, I fight crime by night. Mostly my competition. <laughs> wasn't that what? Wasn't that like literally the story of that that one real life superhero? What's his name? Phoenix Jones. He was like, oh, was he, Phoenix Jones selling drugs? He was like, he was like, don't sell drugs, kids. And yeah, he was involved in like, he was like, like t literally taking out his competition. And I think he was like, kind of like a real horrible human being he had like assault charges yeah. and shit against him and everything yeah yeah that was an interesting thing for a little bit the real world superhero genre if we uh if we kept doing uh 
what is it, Retro Hero Video, and God willing, we should bring it back one day. I always wanted us to do an episode on that because it's very interesting. I know they did that super documentary on people who are real-world heroes, and, like, every time I'd see them go out, I'm like, I'm more sympathetic to the drug dealer in this situation. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just kind of am. Yeah. This this guy's just trying to make a living, and you're kind of being a narc over here. <laughs> you, you you don't know this guy's life, and also who the fuck are you to impose morality on a stranger like this? <laughs> this this shit really only works in comic books where there's like a freaking air of disbelief around it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like most of them didn't even really fight crime. Like no, they just wandered around, took take photos yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> They took photos. Some of them fed the homeless. I'm like, good. That's what you should be doing because that's how you actually are a real hero by being an active participant in your community. Yeah. You don't need a costume to do that, but like costumes are fun also. So like I can't fault you for that either. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's not me putting my morality on you. I'm saying you're doing a good job. I'm saying do whatever you feels <laughs> real, man. <laughs> But yeah, so that was uh, Miles Spider-Man. Continues to be great. Uh, you want a lightning round your last couple there, Matt? And then we can talk about what's coming out this week. Cool. Uh, I had the the new Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong book. Oh, yeah, that did come out this week. How was that? Uh, it was really good. It was all about Superman. <laughs> nice. Uh, as it should be. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is set in a DC universe that's in the past. So he was, like, getting ready to propose to Lois. And then Godzilla, Godzilla attacks the city. Uh, but then we find out it cuts to 12 hours earlier and like Superman is like rushing around the world, solving like disasters and crimes and stuff because he's planning to propose and then go on a vacation. So he wants to sort of like shore up the world a little bit before he does that. But he's also leaving it like Supergirl in charge and like the Justice League have it all covered and everything. And there's great moments where he talks with each member of the league and like Howler's like, don't do it, man. You're, you're a bachelor. Don't do it, man. And everyone else, everyone else is like, do it, do it. It's great. It's great. She's a great uh, lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bruce, of course, is like, this is really cool, but like, she could also be used as leverage against you. So don't, mm. maybe don't do it, but also do it because I'm your friend. And, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, he has to go and fight like Titano. They use Titano really greatly where you only see his shadow. He's another giant monkey. You only see his shadow and you think, oh, it's Kong, it's Kong. It's, ah, it's Titano. And he fights him and everything. And we find out that Titano is all just like, a ploy of the Legion of Doom who wanted <laughs> Superman distracted so they could sneak into the Fortress of Solitude and Lex wants to steal uh, a mother box and uh, Orion sled to trap the Legion, uh, trap the League in the Phantom Zone. Uh, oh. His plan is completely upended by Toy Man just like grabbing an amulet off a shelf and setting off an alarm. Um, and they, they end up fighting the Justice League and then they uh, teleported away to Skull Island uh, by Naturally. the mother box and they they end up seeing uh kong fight a skull crawler from the kong film uh gorilla grod sees kong and thinks he's an ape god and starts oh, starts like trying to like pray to him and like like get his <laughs> attention and everything they find a monarch facility that it's like monitoring all of these creatures and they decide hmm, maybe we could use these creatures against the justice league <laughs> and they they wonder how to even get them from this world to the other one and the amulet that toy man took don't know what it is but it it makes wishes come true it seems because he oh. wishes these these toys could be used against the justice league and then godzilla just appears in metropolis <laughs> yeah and then well, that's that's, a, that's where the book ends that's a that's a useful way to do a crossover yeah we got a magic wishing amulet why not yeah yeah what well, yeah just go for it it's 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 people playing with toys action figures smashing them together it's great 
is great. Go, go, go. I, I guess we got to give this like new monster series its due because it's actually a series that has managed to maintain interest even after long waits in between. And it sounds like mm. they got more coming because they got this. They got a show they're doing. Yeah, that show starts in like two weeks or something. Holy shit. Well, this is good uh, marketing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'm all for it. You know, I haven't actually watched that much, but I watched that new Cranston Godzilla movie, and then I never watched anything else, and I feel oh, like I probably should now. You got a so good the Kong film, Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, jo John Goodman, Garrett. Samuel L. Jackson's in it. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've heard the great, uh, what is it, freaking clip there from Dewey Cox. It's a good bunch of boys. We're all going to yeah. die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John C. Riley. That's a pretty. Yeah. Man, he's a versatile actor, John C. Riley, isn't he? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Pretty freaking versatile. All right. Well, you know what? It's Halloween. Maybe I'll need to have a monster movie marathon where I sit down and check out all of these. Yeah, they're very good, very fun. Sure sounds that way. And also, just who doesn't love a giant monster? I think there's just a part of my nerdy brain that is just tickled exactly. by giant monsters. Exactly. I fucking love giant monster films. Yeah, we love giant monsters. Giant robots, giant women, giant anything, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess with... The, I got oh, one, more, one more book. Okay. Um, and, and it's well, probably the best book I've read all year. Oh, e fuck. Okay. Like, like, definitely, like, like top three high praise high uh, praise and that's superman uh lost issue seven ah yes we're still on this one aren't we yeah so last issue superman tried to travel through a black hole and he ended up meeting like an older version of himself and yes we pick up a little bit after that where he's back on earth and like seemingly he's doing all right because we find out that superman went to see a therapist and as the therapist oh, a therapist that supergirl uh uh, recommended to him because she was she went to see one in the wake of like her coming back and finding like all her people had died and everything and he's, he's talking with a the therapist and he kind of reveals a little bit about what happened and we find that this older superman is trying to prevent the younger superman from entering the black hole because of what will uh, happen and what will happen off all these events yes and we cut to the far future well not the far future future from the book so like 30 40 years superman's in a wheelchair and crippled well, and fuck. he's no longer with lois lane he's living alone in an apartment and jimmy comes to see him and wonders like why is he here like why has he seemingly given up and we find out that it's because uh on earth there were these scientists who developed a system called ionis and it tried to revert the greenhouse effect on earth but in doing so it greatly reduced superman's ability to efficiently take in solar energy so it kept him quite weak he could still use his powers but he was in a weakened state hey harley quinn season three did basically <laughs> that same storyline this year <laughs> and when and while this actually happened a uh, a bunch of sentient robots called the grisk attacked now th this is fucking insane these this thing actually actually happened in dc comics in a comic in 1959 Oh fuck! Nice like, call. Yeah, he's reference. Uh, Christopher Priest is referencing an Adam Strange story from 1959, where like a bunch of sentient robots like started attacking worlds and everything, and one of them was Earth. And he he builds on that where the heroes all fight and everything, but because Superman is weakened, he ends up getting captured by them, and he has his back broken. 
Well, that's bad. And that's they, really bad. And they end up like kind of taking over the world a little bit. They end up defeating the 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 the, the Gris, but they can't get rid of the 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 greenhouse effects stuff that the scientists did before that so superman is kind of like lost the will basically to do anything because his whole deal is like he was still there when it happened and it still happened the way it happened and he him being there did nothing to change it and it kind of disillusioned him a little bit and of course jimmy's like no we're going to get you your powers back we're going to steal a ship go above this ionosphere thing and like get you your powers back because you're superman you you will get through this and the the younger superman in the past doesn't fully believe this story and it, it's all predicated on the fact that jimmy olsen would voluntarily wear a parachute because that's mm. not something that he he knows his friend would ever do yeah <laughs> never, true never enough. willingly jump out of a plane or anything and, and he and uh he has this really great conversation with uh this this older superman about like giving up and like never giving up and everything and the younger superman never wants to give up and he he goes through the black hole and it spits him out in another part of earth another part of the uh the earth sector place where he was trying to get and adam strange finds him and, oh, and good use of adam strange that's where the book ends but it, it something really surprising happens which is this actually has an epilogue which hasn't happened in any of the other books and it's a really yeah, wow. big epilogue because it's set in the present where Clark is back on Earth. He's like not himself or anything. And Lois goes to see Lex Luthor and Ooh. through gritted teeth has to ask him to come and attack Superman to break him out of this fugue state that he's in and kind of bring him back to the man she knows and loves. Oh, shit. And, wow. And, Sounds and, like. And Lex is just sitting there like, like, ha, I've got you. Like, he's like shit eating grins. Like, ha, I'm, I'm, I'll do it. Of course I'll do it because I'm a good man and, and everything. But it doesn't stop there because Lois then goes to the hospital and gets some bad news about something. And he, Christopher Priest doesn't tell you. He shows you like a bottle of pills with a name on it. And I looked it up and it's implied that Lois now has thyroid cancer oh no yeah and, and then she and then it, it cuts back to the beginning of the book where she returns home and learns that clark is going to a therapist and he tells her the story well that sounds like a banger yeah. that sounds like yeah. an all-timer oh, so good it's so good well shit I'm, I'm glad you found such a kick-ass superman book in an era when there's a lot of really good superman books out know, it's there like gold, the golden age of superman isn't it yeah, if you really like Superman stuff, you got a lot of stuff to choose from. And hey, there's a new movie coming down the pipeline too. It's nice mm. to know that they will also have lots of stuff to choose from when it comes to adaptations. I know, right? Yeah. So good. Good, good shit. Uh, I guess with that, we can talk about what's coming out this week. And hey, fittingly, more Superman. Action Comics 1058. We got yes. Superman fighting that weird magic doppelganger Superman who works for Blue Earth. Nice. Uh, we got Amazing Spider-Man. 36 oh boy <laughs> i think uh i i think this is the return of rec rap i'm not sure yeah like peter peter's back to normal now isn't he yes he is yes yeah. that lasted an arc <laughs> that lasted an arc and don't worry no one will be mad at peter we blamed it all on eddie brock <laughs> i i can't believe that i it's so stupid i kind of love it where it's like yeah we just blamed it on eddie who cares <laughs> He's not even in New York right now. He's traveling through time. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, we got Green Arrow number five, which I believe is the... Oh, no, it's not the penultimate anymore because this one got extended. So, yeah, we got another Green Arrow issue. Mm -hmm. uh, you got the Flash number two. 
You nice. got Wonder Woman number two. Oh, nice. Immortal Thor number three, which we've both really been enjoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got going on? Uncanny Spider-Man 2. I really liked issue one, and I like that this looks to be a Nightcrawler and Mystique-centric series. Oh, cool. Uncanny Avengers number three. I didn't read issue two, but I still have it on my pile. I'm hoping I can circle back to it. Mm -hmm. Likewise, I didn't read Dark X-Men number two. I don't know if I'll read three. I'll see about that. I'm, I'm deciding uh, whether I should just keep with the x-men now i'm so like far behind on, on i know I, might, I know I'm like, i might just just stay with like the mainline x-men book or something i don't know <laughs> right that's what i did before it's so hard because they're so good yeah. and you want to support them and you want to check them out but yeah. it's just like we we, we, we we gotta work this is our job we can't read everyone and make videos on everyone mm -hmm. I, i'd love Which, to but yeah same uh gotham or red hood number two no thank you yep. <laughs> pod pass <laughs> uh, uh, Captain America number two is out this Ooh, week. Oh, yes. And it actually looks to be a Captain America Spider-Man team-up piece. So let's see what Straczynski has to say about Spider-Man all this time later. Nice. Uh, Predator versus Wolverine 2. Oh, yes. Magnificent uh, Miss Marvel, the new mutant number three, which makes me glad I covered issue two finally. I, gotta it co is I actually... still got to cover issue one and two. <laughs> It's it's quite good yeah. for all my complaints and shit about being like, man, why they have to, you know, make her a half mutant, man, why they have to put her on a team. It actually works really well. And moving her to college actually makes the allegory work really well because it's like, yeah, the mutants are her cool new friend group is what it is. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it is. And it like kind of works and is actually kind of sick. I'm not going to lie. Nice. And, uh, yeah, oh, the new Captain Marvel number one comes out, Conan the Barbarian number four. Jim Zub keeps sending me copies of Conan the Barbarian. I think I'm on his mailing list. I feel like I should probably cover it at some point. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, oh, Amazon's Attack number one. We got a new Amazon book. I didn't even fucking hear about this. Is this going to be tied with the Tom King stuff? I mean, that kind of makes sense if it is, but, yeah. Probably not. This is Josie Campbell uh after the shocking events of wonder woman the amazons are now fighting for a world that no longer wants them okay so yeah it actually oh, is okay. cool cool led led by their fearless queen nubia a ragtag group of amazons featuring wonder girl faruka to frantically search for answers as to the existence of a way of life that is threatened with the tribe will the tribe survive this new reputation find out in this roller coaster ride josie campbell who wrote the new Ka uh shazam book with uh what is it with a uh, Billy's sister who in fact she looks mm -hmm. to be on this team too yeah she also wrote my adventures of superman well there you fucking go oh yeah that's right she did write that too yeah. holy shit okay i might i might have to fucking read this now because that actually <laughs> sounds that sounds like a good mix and i like this mix of wonder people in a book because it's like yeah you have so many wonder women adjacent characters now they probably could fill a whole team yeah oh in fact, hey, give give them the Wonder Woman villains that Diana doesn't use anymore. Let them fight like goddamn Silver Swan and Doctor Poison they, and the Snowman. They did that in uh in this week's Batman Superman, where like Batman and Superman have to fight villainy Inc. and it's all like Wonder Woman's team, but Wonder Woman doesn't even show up. <laughs> yeah, but villainy Inc. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, was actually the first villain supergroup. It was the first team up of multiple villains in hmm. comic history. Nice. Yeah, William Milton Marston was doing that in like the 40s. Damn. Yeah, it's like we take it as such like a trope and for granted now. It's like, yeah, at some point all the villains team up. He did it first, and Villainy Inc. was the first one. Cool. <laughs> Wild, right? 
All right, then, everyone. That looks like it'll just about do it for another show. Thank you so much for coming and listening. Boy, Matt and I sure made lemonade out of lemons on this one. I was afraid we wouldn't have a show. We always Because nothing do. really happened. <laughs> we always do, and then it just kind of ended up happening anyway. <laughs> But yeah, we appreciate it. As always, if you're a patron, you can listen back to this one first before anyone else. We try and get that one up there in audio and visual form. Again, every little bit helps. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar. It really helps support me and Matt. I pay him out of that to help run the back end of the show and run the tech side, which he always does a beautiful job of. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll be back again next week for, for more good stuff. So until then, everyone, Comic Multiverse out. <laughs> Bye.